Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, what's up? I'm Michael. I uh, I sing for Palace of Morning and I play guitar for Slow Decay. That's awesome. Uh, r- real quick, uh, today uh, Sound and Fury released like the second batch of tickets. I was curious. Um, do you plan on going? And um, do you already have a ticket? I um I really wanted to go. Because I dare and and drain are playing, which are you know have people that I you know really really love in, and uh, I really wanted to go, but I, I feel like it's just too much stress right now, and that, like I don't know. I I saw what happened today with you know people saying, oh, I didn't even see that they they had tickets that went online, and then the guy posted like, oh well, like there was two hundred that left, so. I don't know. It just seems like way too much of a of a hassle right now, unless they figure something else out to where like more people can attend. You know. Yeah. To be honest, um, it's pretty crazy because I got the pre-sale um, email like a couple weeks ago, and yeah. I saw the price. And I was like, okay, that's like a really fair price for the entire weekend but I'm like really bad and I like to put things off to the last minute. So I chose not to buy presale and um, I was like, all right, I'll just buy them when they like officially drop because in the entire history that I've been going to Sound and Fury, like I've never had an issue on buying a ticket. So um, last week when the tickets went on sale, and it sold out in like 30 minutes or whatever. I was tripping out because I was at work and um, it just always slipped my mind that they had gone on sale officially. So when I went to go try to purchase them and saw that they were sold out and I had to like, you know, check Twitter to make sure that they were actually sold out. And then like the whole like debacle started to unfold. I was just like, damn, this is like really serious because I'm guessing it's because Half Heart's playing and they have like such a huge impact. Um, yeah. And this week I was like, okay, I'm going to be there right at 10 o'clock. And I even had like some friends um, waiting at home on their computers so they could try to help me get a ticket. And like, I couldn't believe like, um, cause I'm used to, you know, buying like, uh, you know, like Supreme and stuff. So I'm used to like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like, you know, taking L's and sometimes getting like, you know, <laughs> great W's. And I was like, man, this feels weird that I feel like I have to do this for like a ticket to go to like a hardcore festival. Exactly. Um, but like right when 10 o'clock hit, I was on my phone, I tried to put a ticket in my cart and it hit me with like an error. They're like, sorry, um, like, you know, you've been like uh, pushed back or I don't remember what the message was, but I I thought that maybe I did it like too fast. So I tried again, didn't work. But luckily one of my friends texted me. He's like, hey, like I'm in, I got a ticket. Should I buy it? So I just gave him the green light and he was able to buy my ticket for me. Shit, dude. Yeah. So it's so ins like I never would think that like a fest, you know, that you could you could usually buy like a ticket or a pass like like two weeks out, like sells out in like in in such an insane fashion. Like it was it was crazy to watch to be on Twitter that day. Like it was very crazy. Yeah, it's so wild. And 
it blows my mind that there's still like one more announcement. So like, I'm guessing we pretty much know like I probably about like half of the bands that are playing. And just to think that there are even more bands that have yet to be announced. This is just, I feel like it's just like going to be so insane. Yeah. Like going back to what you're saying about Supreme, like, yo, like <laughs> it shouldn't, I don't know. Like there's that dude. I remember seeing a tweet that it was like, uh, Oh, all the Sound and Fury tickets were bought out by bots. And I was like, dog, what the fuck? Like, there's, for one, there's no way. Like, people are not using bots to, like, flip Sound and Fury tickets. Like, why, what profit would there be, for one? And for two, like, I feel like people that, they're just, I feel like they don't have the means to, like, go out and learn how to use a bot and then get, like, 10 tickets and flip them for, like, such a little profit i feel so i don't know like it's it's just all crazy i don't even feel like anybody um predicted that it would be this insane um but no I, there's no way yeah because i'm pretty sure everybody was probably in the same mindset because i like distinctly remember last year that you know throughout the the announcement leading up to the fest they were you know tweeting about like you know hey buy tickets like you know like they're half sold out or we have like x yeah, amount yeah. left um or even by this point they um had already like announced um physical tickets and they haven't even done that this year so i don't even know if that's going to be a thing again yeah who knows man i feel like i feel like it's just going to be the culmination of of hardcore past and present just just converging into one fest and it's going to be insane like if you're there like it's going to be i feel like a very legendary place to be right Twitter became pretty interesting um, that first day because I saw like some like, you know, people my age, like throwing shade at like the people who haven't seen Have Heart yet. Um, like, they're like, oh, like I'm, you know, haven't seen Have Heart since, uh, you know, this day, but I'm stoked for like the young kids. And like, I felt like a lot of people were just trying to like uh, just kind of flex on everybody that they've already seen Have Heart. Um, yeah which I, I get but but at the same time it's like those kids probably weren't around when the band was like super active so you know you can't really fault them for that yeah like you can't control when you're born bro come on exactly and especially like for, for me um there's uh so many shows that i missed when i was younger because i um, lived so far away from like a decent show and i didn't have a car wasn't old enough to drive so i i can totally understand yeah, like right it, to be, you know, to be around for shows that happened like way back in the day. I feel like it was the right place, right time kind of deal cuz I feel like so many people don't have the means and you know still currently don't have the means to go and like see a show like 2 hours away, you know, either they can't get there or they can't get off work or something. So I feel like it's very it's definitely right place, right time like still today, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I was fortunate enough to be um, in that time period. And obviously, um, I got lucky because I could have, um, you know, like you said, I, I didn't pick when I was born. I could have, um, you know, easily been born like way earlier or way later and just been in a whole different era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so obviously I um, wanted to have you on because I'm a fan of uh, Palace of Mourning, a fan of Slow Decay, um, so we can uh, kind of dive into that. Um, based off the band camp, it looks like um, Palace of Mourning released uh, music before Slow Decay, but I, I was curious which band started first. Um, Slow Decay was actually around first, and originally i was just supposed to help sean out sean is the vocalist and he uh um some some things happened between the the person that wrote the the songs originally and you know he had to move back to to where he had come from he was from arizona so he had to move back over there and you know sean was kind of left like okay well i want these songs recorded and i had been in a band uh called abused for a little bit and sean was a fan of that band and we were like we just became friends because of uh because of that and so he hit me up like yo um like i was wondering if you could help me out and like come record and so i did that and then i just i felt like it was so much fun like i had never been in like uh like a metallic hardcore band or like something that was just so relaxed and like but also like i could just have fun i didn't have to worry about like technicality or anything like that it was just all energy and emotion and like i i think it's just so fun you know it's just such a great experience so i'm just like yeah i'm chilling so uh, you um recorded the tracks with the band yeah yeah um me, uh, Gino, he also plays in uh, uh, Absence of Mind and In Spite. And then uh, Rod Kroll, he does, he's also in Absence of Mind and In Spite. So we're spread pretty thin here. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was curious because on the band camp, it says that you guys recorded um, up here in Santa Ana. And I just thought it was interesting because you guys are a San Diego band. Yeah. We, um, we record with this, this man uh, named Rolly. And he does all of our friendship because, you know, I, I feel like it's just such a great experience, like going to him, like, it's always fun. It's never like, it never gets like tedious or, or boring. Like there's always something funny going on or like, he's always hyping some shit up. So I don't know. We always go to him and he does such a great job. We just, you know, we keep going back. So how did you um, build that relationship with Rolly? Um, trying to think when did i first meet him um i believe vince from modern color um kind of introduced us to him because he had recorded the the early modern color stuff and uh we all kind of heard you know what he could do and they told us you know like here's his rate and we were just like you know where can we when can we go in because it's like he does such great work for such a great price. Like we, it was automatic for us to go to him and then just meeting him and not it being weird or awkward or anything. Like he's just such a chill guy, like going with the flow. So, uh, I would say, I think it was Vince in modern color uh, a few years ago that introduced us. So slow decay, you guys put that, um, would you call that like an, EP or would you or would that be your guys' demo? Yeah. Okay. So there's a release that isn't on Bandcamp, which is it's an EP 
that was recorded with Rolly. And Sean hates it so much that he took it down. I think it was released in like 2016 or something. Um, but he hated it so much that when he just took it down and there was no music on it for a little bit. Because to be honest, it didn't really sound like what we sound like now. So I understand. But I don't know. It's just funny. That's okay. So that that's pretty interesting. So um, Fragments of Pleasure came out june 2nd 2018 do you guys have plans to put anything else out um this year um yeah right now we're writing um i think we have two new songs right now and like i've been really really stoked on them like they're really really cool so i I, i'm not entirely sure when we plan on going in i just know that it's going to be probably around the summertime okay around the summer and is that uh, going to be like a full um, LP or are you guys just going to be like a promo? Yeah, yeah, probably like probably like three songs. I feel like I feel like if you do any more than that, it, it gets uh, especially kind of like the band that we are. It's like we want to have your attention for like it, it's like no bullshit kind of deal. Like it will be three songs, but we'll say what we have to say and like do what we have to do in like however long that is, you know? Yeah, that's totally fair. Cause the worst thing is listening to like a record just to hit like, you know, one or two songs and you're like, fuck, I, I have to skip through these like filler tracks or, you know, try to tune them out until I get to my favorite tracks. Definitely yeah. Hate yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm all for deep cuts. Like when it when when a band puts out an LP and it's done correctly, like I don't know. There's something about, especially when there's like a cohesive vision behind it. Like when when bands are very like, I guess kind of abstract and like what they say and what they do and how they present it. I always think it's really interesting just to see, even if it's like not my cup of tea. Like I'll still see the merit in it. You know, like especially. If it's uh, if it's done well, so I can always appreciate that. Yeah, definitely get that. It's always nice being able to put on like a, one of your favorite records, knowing that there's going to be no skips and every track is like something that you're into. Dog, I've been revisiting um, the first Fall Boy record and that record. Take this to your grave is like that for me. Like I can just listen front to back and like not skip anything. I think it's really funny that you bring that up because I absolutely love that record. And like, I, you know, it came out when I was in high school and I was, um, you know, thinking, wow, this is going to be the greatest band ever. And then you kind of look at um, the path that their career has taken. And it always blows my mind because I just want to know, like, what happened? Like, why did they change their sounds so much? Because if I'm going to be honest, I think that band is garbage now Yeah. outside yeah. of like that record and like from under the cork tree. And I think everything else just sucks, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Like I liked infinity on high. I, I think that was the record that kind of put me onto them. Cause it was such a mainstream like success. Um, obviously with like sugar, we're going down. I didn't really like dive into the record, but like thanks for the memories came out. Thank you for the memory came out. And like, yo, I, I, uh, I was like, yo, like, what, what is this? Like, who is this band? And checking out that record, I was like, this is sick. So I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of ties into a nostalgic thing too. I guess that's why I like it. I like, 
love my mom, but um, when I was in high school, uh, Fall Out Boy was touring on uh, Take This to Your Grave. Um, it was them sure. in like Matchbook Romance and um, Yo. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it was hitting um, Soma. And I, I'm not kidding you. Like I, I, I lived in this um, community called the Cove. It's just like this grid-styled like neighborhood. And I lived in like the middle of the block. But I had this friend. Her name was um, Vicky uh, Vicky Dominguez. She lived at the top of my block. And like we were friends. Um, didn't really talk until high school because we figured out that we listened to the same kind of music. And um, she hit me up one day at school. She was like, Hey, I'm going to Soma after school to see Fall Out Boy and Matchbook Romance. Do you want to come? Because she knew that I loved uh, Fall Out Boy and Matchbook Romance. So I like, you know, called my mom and asked her if I could go. And like maybe because I was like, or I'm, I am the youngest um, out of like my, uh, like the, my immediate family. My mom, like, didn't trust me to go off to San Diego with some people she's never met. And I, I was so pissed because like at that point um, for Fall Out Boy, I feel like that was like kind of like the golden era. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that like I just love that record so much uh, and I really wanted to see them so bad. I, and especially for me being for so young, like I, I just wanted to go so bad. But um, in the end, she never let me go. So like I just think back about like how sick it would have been to like see them at that time. Dude. Yeah. Especially with Matchbook Romance. Like dude promise dude like back in the day that song used to hit like you used to just i just listen with headphones like head against the window like i was in one of those shitty like music videos like just thinking about my emotional like 12 year old life like i don't know that record um stories and alibis like just i don't know i had a huge thing for that record back in the day yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm I'm stoked that you know who they are because like most people, um, whenever I tell that story, don't even care that I bring up Matchbook Romance. So I'm excited that um you know who they are and you're stoked on that. Dude, yeah, like I I remember hearing it and still today I think the production is really unique and I I think I I think I, I admire that so much about that era of music because. Like take like story of the year, like their their production is so different from like from like Fallout Boy or from like other emo bands back in the day, you know, and like now it's sort of everyone has this like clean, like polished, almost like robotic kind of production. And while that's cool and it has its place, like I don't know, it's that things were a little more unique, you know. I feel like people had to learn for themselves and like cultivate what they wanted because like it just wasn't readily available to them, like all this new shit that's going on. Definitely get that. Um, and it's crazy when you listen to like bands from back then and the production is great because there's like things today where like the technology has like advanced so far and like bands are still putting out stuff with like, like really low production quality. And it just blows my mind. I think, I think that, I think that's a conscious effort. I feel most of the time, especially I feel like especially in hardcore and especially in like like abstract genres like like black metal, you know, like it's for it's it's like that on purpose, you know. And I think it has its merit, but I overall I'm just not like especially that really rough like jagged like sounds like a phone recording like it's cool, but I don't know. 
there's I just can't it, I can only take so much of it same here I hate when bands will like put out something with like good production quality but then their next release it'll be like super low and I'm just like really confused because I get like to me I'm like okay you put out like this EP everything sounded like amazing then you put out like the next one and it sounds like crap it just doesn't make any sense to me because like in my mind maybe I'm not hip to it because I'm not like super technical but it's just like don't you want your stuff to sound um you know either as good as the previous release or even better not worse it, uh, yeah it um I feel like it should always be a progression and it's funny that you bring that up because um this band that I was in called abused we released a two song EP with like crazy production quality and like crazy sound design that we did and then we released an album that was self-produced by the the songwriter Matt, and it just it just fell short because it wasn't like recorded in this big studio, you know. And like, I felt that way. I kind of I didn't like that that happened. I would have rather went to a studio, but like, it's just funny that you bring that up because that exact thing happened to a band that I was in. So <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, it it's crazy. Um, like. I've been in two bands and I recorded like, like we were like the, the first band I was in was a hardcore band and we recorded like a, like a four song demo. And then the second band I was in, um, it was like a pop punk band. It was like a straight up, like four year strong ripoff band. And <laughs> I played the, the keyboards and like we, um, recorded, but I don't even know what happened to the stuff that we recorded. I don't even know if we ever got it sent to us. Um, if I'm being honest, cause it's been so long. So like, I'm like vaguely like familiar with the recording process. Okay, but. yeah, it's like, um, yeah, I I feel like when when was that? Oh, this was like two thousand nine ish, so a long time ago. Yeah, it definitely. I I remember the first time that I recorded, I made the mistake of using like an Axe FX, and it was like this this melodic band, and I was just so infatuated with this technology. I was like, I'm gonna use this Axe FX. And it just sounded like shit. Like, so like, I don't know. I was, I, you live and you learn. I feel like. Honestly, I, I feel like I, I wish I had like another chance to record because, um, I wasn't even prepared. Uh, I remember my band members called me they're like, Hey, you got to get over here. We're recording the demo. And I was like, all right, like I've never done, like I've never done this before. So like, let's go. And like they had like a click track and like, you know, <laughs> trying to like scream into this microphone. And I wasn't holding it. It was weird. I didn't know what to do with like my hands and like my timing was like way off. And I remember my guitar player, he had to like retune his guitar between like every song. And I don't know why it just like really bothered me, but he's like, dude, it has to sound perfect. And I'm just like, all right, <laughs> this is like our freaking demo. We're not going like we're not going platinum with this. Like, I, I don't think it's that serious. Um, but um, like it was like whatever is a demo. But um, I, I just felt like super unprepared. And I just wish I could could have had like another chance at it or um, maybe like a little more notice. So I could have been prepared. Yeah, that's weird that you're like, hey, there's like, hey, come over here. Like, we're going to record. You're like, OK. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, oh, it, was, yeah sure. it was the most random thing, but um, uh, eventually I quit the band. Well, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's very organized or communication was very not there. So I would I'd probably do the same. Yeah, like outside of the recording, like I handled everything else. Like I, um, you know, got our merch made. I was the guy like getting shows booked for us. Okay. But, um, but my band members weren't grateful. So I was like, screw you guys. This isn't fun anymore. So I'm just going to quit. Yeah, man. Did you do the designs also, like the design work? Yeah, I, I like um, used to do just like very like basic like one color like stuff in like Photoshop, just like nothing too like complicated, just like simple, just like stuff. Right. Just I, like at the time, we we're like you know it's all like out of our own pockets, so I don't want to get like too crazy with the designs. Yeah, for sure. And then like, did you also like? Yeah, did you sing for this band? Yeah, I, I was the the singer. Yeah. Did you did you like write the songs too? Yeah. Um. It was actually um. You know, just like basic hardcore stuff. I I, I remember there was this um. There's like it was like uh like more like youth crew kind of posy type band and they oh. um yeah so like they're part of like the same scene as us and like we hated them uh, just because they were like really annoying at shows. So I, I remember I wrote like a stupid like uh, song like <laughs> kind of kind of like making fun of like one of their most popular songs and I remember it, it like created like a divide in our scene. It, it was pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no way, dude. That like that's what I feel like scenes like kind of thrive off of like when there's some sort of uh rift in the in the playing field i feel like that just brings those people who identify as one or the other like closer together yeah and, and it creates like a more i feel like more so a sense of closeness with like those other people but at the same time like unification obviously is kind of what what makes it all happen so i don't know being civil yeah. But, um, so uh, I always mention this, but um, I grew up in the Palm Springs area. So like uh, we barely had a scene like it was like, you know, barely there. But um, uh, it was like my band um, and like that posse band that I mentioned and yeah. maybe like uh, three other like bands that were actually like active in the scene. Um, and whenever like we'd have like a show um i don't know like how it started or why but like it, like it was, it was weird like it got to the point where like um the show would happen then everybody would like run home and jump on myspace and we had like a local we had like a like a myspace group for our local scene and um that's where people would like let out like all their like dirty laundry or like beef they would have with people Damn. but but like nobody would say it like face to face at shows <laughs> so it, it was always like okay like a show would happen then the drama would pop off then it'd be like okay cool then when i see you at the next show like i'm gonna beat you up and like that was like kind of like the how like the pattern was until like the the main moderator he was like i don't know i guess it got too much for him and he's just like this is like too negative like i'm gonna close like the entire group and yeah what the hell dude like would they would there be action though like would they be like okay i'm gonna beat your ass and then you would go and then you would fight them like is that would that happen yeah so like m my friends and i like got like a bad rap because like um we were like the guys like beating people up because we <laughs> we weren't um like it just got to a point where like okay like um 
if you have like real problems, like let's just handle it, you know? So yeah, um, we'd end up fighting and then like, you know, people took sides and um, like, I don't know. It, it was never like over anything that serious. It was just like most time it was just pit beef to, to be honest. Pit beef, huh? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine getting hit in the pit waiting to go home um, to talk crap about the person that hit you? That I just, can imagine it because it happens literally right in front of my face. Like <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's crazy. It still happens. and it blows my mind like okay like i get it like if you're in the pit and you get hit i feel like um you gotta like kind of like expect that because if you're not careful like people are literally throwing their limbs as fast as they can in every direction so the fact that like people are surprised that they get hit just blows my mind yeah like i don't know like i i'm not huge on moshing um but I definitely like know what I'm getting into if I'm like standing on the side. I'm like, yo, like this uh, this girl I dated, um, she got her front four teeth knocked out at uh, Sound of Fury 2017, I think, Wait. during the vein during the vein set. And oh, I remember crap. that was like, yeah. Wait, so they made the whole T-shirt for her and everything, which is pretty cool. Were, were you there when it happened? I was not like we her and I had just started talking around then and um, she sent me a picture. (laughs) She sent me a picture of her like like with her mouth open, her teeth like hanging out and she was just like, ha 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 ha. And I was like, I don't know if you're like fucking kidding with me right now. Like this isn't a funny joke if you're joking. And I like called her and um, like she didn't answer. And then she's like, sorry, I was in the ER like. And I was just like, I know I was down in uh, San Diego and I just was like, I'll leave right now to come like see you because I just felt like crazy bad. I don't know why. Yeah, I remember when that went down and I was just thinking to myself, like, how does that happen? Because that's just insane at like, you know, how she got like, you know, that many teeth knocked out. I felt like you know it should have been like repeated blows to the face or something like like that to happen it was it was an elbow it was an elbow so and it was um i can't remember exactly what happened she she knows exactly who did it and they like talked about it and he was like yo i'm sorry (laughs) and she's she's like yeah it's it's okay but um yeah i guess it was an elbow that just went astray just wrong place wrong time i guess dude that's wild i I, like the worst injury i've ever sustained you know from the pit which sounds so dumb um i i i I was a um teenager had been like 16 or 17 i can't remember but i was in corona at the showcase theater it was um it was like light this city uh through the eyes of the dead and the acacia strain (laughs) <laughs> and and I'll never forget this. Like I'm like you know it, the venue's not that big, so like I'm I'm in like the lower part in the pit area, and the Acacia Strain's playing, and he does like a mosh call out. He's just like, "Yo, like I want you to punch the motherfucker to your left, straight in the face, like ruin somebody's fucking night." And like <laughs> I'm like, okay, nobody's really gonna do that. And um, next thing I know, I get dropped. 
And I'm like, fuck, like I have like the worst headache. Like, I guess I got like a migraine from it. Cause like whoever it was like punched me so hard like in the face, like I literally like, had to go sit in my friend's car for the rest of the night. Like I didn't get to see through the eyes of the dead. Um, and like, I just really wanted to go home and like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like it was crazy. Cause like I'd never been affected like from like a punch or a kick or anything like that in my life. Maybe it's because I, yeah. I didn't see it was uh, maybe because I didn't see it coming and it was like that hard. But yeah, like I got punched like right in the face and um, had like this crazy migraine. I was like down for the rest of the night. Oh my god, dude! I've never. I mean, I've gotten hit in the face before, but it's like it, it's never been like that bad. Like that sounds like <laughs> insane. I, and I, what what year was this? Because I feel like back in the day, like Vincent Bennett would just. He, he could just say anything and they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to beat someone's ass now. Like, <laughs> yeah, had it been like 2004, 2005, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that, that shit. Never underestimate that shit. Dude. <laughs> yeah. And I, I seriously, I, I'll never forget. I, I was just laughing in my mind because I was like, yeah, nobody's really going to just punch me. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, here just waiting for the breakdown. But sure enough, I was like one of those people who had their n- night ruined. Yeah, a quote from man. No one's gonna punch me. And the quote from man punched. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was pretty wild. But um, but even last year, um, at Sam and Fury, I'm pretty sure it was during Red Death. Like, um, I remember I was uh, like up in the balcony and I saw it happen clear as day. I just watched this dude just wrong place, wrong time. He got like kicked straight in his head and like dropped dead. And they little like had to stop their set. Um, and like. Like he got uh, carried out, and I was just like, "That's pretty crazy. It's scary." Oh, he didn't die. He didn't die, though, right? No, no, no. no. Um, he I didn't die. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Pretty sure. All right. He he just got like slump, like just wasted, absolutely slumped. Yeah, in the pit. It was crazy. I'm trying to think of like a show where someone has died like recently. I know a lot of people died at Warp Tour because they were like drinking monster you remember that like we're two or a few years ago and someone was like just like downing monster with no water and they just fucking died like no i i don't think i've ever heard of that story that's crazy. yeah i think it was in texas i can't i can't remember the exact like where it was but i know that pete this this i think it was a girl that was like she was just like yeah like um, I think she saw like the the bands drinking the tour water and she was like, yo, these people are just drinking like they're just throwing back monsters. I'm going to do that. Have a great time. Like not drinking water just dies. You know, imagine that fool. The last show you go to is like a 2012 warp tour. And you just die. Like, low, key, <laughs> low key, I would be embarrassed because people are going to know that I, I died at um, this uh, festival that like used to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you see the uh, what they're doing now? The the little what is it like a tour or like select select uh, states or something? Yeah. Um. To to be honest, I used to work for this merch company, and um, like I think one of like or like the, the guy from Warp Tour, Kevin Lyman, or like whatever, he yeah. had like um. He owned like a percentage of the company, so we printed for like you know like a like over like 20 bands that were on the festival. So like we always had um, like inside like information like floating around about the fest. So like when they announced, Oh, um, last warp tour ever, I just kind of rolled my eyes because I knew that the following year they were going to do this. So, Oh, so you're just like, yeah, 
Uh, I already, I was already thinking about it. It's like it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I really could have called it too, like, because I remember the wording was like, yeah, this is the last like full U.S. run of Warp Tour, and, and I was like, well, I know what that means. Like they're just gonna, you know, do shows with the Warp Tour name attached. You know. Yeah, the um, ticket for the price. I like looked at it and I was like, wow, that's so much money. I don't think I would ever pay that to go to Warp Tour. How much is it? Um, off the top of my head, um, I'm gonna do a quick Google search, but off the top of my head, um, it's like $150. Jesus Christ! But, but it's like a, it's like a two-day event. For what? <laughs> um, I literally don't know why they're doing it. Like, and especially like since it's like you know directly after like the year where they're like, oh, it's over, you know. Yeah, let's charge like. 200 percent more yeah and like fans gotta get paid that's true so like um (laughs) i i hope all the bands get paid like you know good but um that's just so much money and i don't think like the lineup is um worth it you know yeah you kind of you kind of grow out of it i I feel like i remember the last war tour i think it was like 20 I think I went for free one year, like 2016, I think. I, I don't remember. But I like I couldn't tell you the last time I was like when it was at War Tour and was like, yo, this is sick. Like, I don't know. Like I, I like some of the bands that were playing. Like I remember watching Chelsea Grin, like, and thinking, like, yeah, this is sick. And I remember when uh yo, in two thousand ten when Whitechapel and Suicide Silence were on, like I was so hyped on that. And I think the Acacia Strain played War Tour that year too. So I was like, I was just overall stoked. Like, little me was stoked as fuck on that. So uh, you said you went for free. Were you on just like somebody's guest list or did you like work the festival? Uh, I think I got guest listed. I don't remember by who, though. I'm pretty sure I'm not friends with them anymore, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember. There was uh, the first time I uh, went for free was like a terrible experience. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah, I do. Let me hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, this was like in the heyday of the the B9 board. Do you ever? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'd frequent that website and I remember um, they're like, hey, uh, does anybody want to get into Warped Tour for free? Like, you know, um, post your email here and I'll contact you and you can like, you know, uh, come help out like the B9 at Warped Tour. So in my mind, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever because like um, I'm on this message board all the time. Love the bands on the label. Love hardcore. So I'm stoked to be able to support. And and I I, I remember I was at the Pomona Warped Tour. So I show up early. um, You know, the guy meets me at the gate, gives me like my wristband or or whatever. And we um, go over to where the B9 table was. And I'll never forget this. It was like bridge nine at the end and then like we were like right next to living with lions and like some other band um and i was like eager to help because i wanted to like make like a good impression i was like hey do you want me to like you know help like organize the merge you want me to help set up and the guy was like um he's like no he's like just go sit over there till um i let you know when we're ready and i'm like okay so like kind of sit there for like maybe like 10 minutes and he comes over and it gives me like a duffel bag, like full of these shirts that say, um, like 
free fucking hugs and he's like hey oh my yeah and he's just like hey he's like uh he's like yeah just walk around and try to sell these and i'm like okay and in my mind i'm like wait this like badass like record label they're 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 trying to like um you know make a profit off these like warped tour kids because that's exactly who are gonna buy these like cheesy ass t-shirts yeah and yeah um but then like i like my, my pride i was like okay i was like they got me in for free um like i have to work to you know you know kind of hold up my end of the deal but um just like walking through the festival i was like this is so embarrassing because like you know at that point i was like you know super into hardcore and um all i wanted to do was go to hardcore shows not sell these cheesy ass t-shirts so it got to a point where like i sold like one t-shirt to like some crazy scene girl which i was like man i feel so sorry that i have to like sell you this dumb t-shirt and i remember i i went and i i lied i was like hey like i'm gonna take a break and they're like, all right cool just like you know leave the stuff here and then just come back when your break's over and literally i grabbed my backpack i went and watched newfound glory and then i went home because i was like there's no way i was gonna fucking sell any more of those cheesy t-shirts yeah you can't be doing that bro (coughs) (laughs) as soon as dude as soon as i would have seen what those t-shirts were i'd probably been like all right i'll sell them and then i would have just like kept them like on my on my back or whatever you had like a duffel bag so i i mean i i would have just like watched whatever bands i was watching you know but i i understand that you're like wanted to make a good impression and like you know wanted to wanted to be you know be eager and like help them out but i mean why would why would they do that man i yeah i i felt like i was like led into like the dark side and you know it was all about money and i I don't know it was just weird it was just a bad experience oh yeah that would definitely leave a bad taste in my mouth yeah so never wanted to volunteer again but there's still a cool record label um the message board isn't there anymore rest in peace but um that was me i was the guy that just never went back and i don't remember what year it was um it was wild it was wild (laughs) but okay so you're in another band um palace of mourning uh, I'm trying to remember how I discovered you guys. Um, my mind is telling me that um, uh, Angel from Dare had something to, to do with it because at some point I'm pretty sure he uh, mentioned you guys to me. And um, honestly, like uh, being like in the scene, uh, you know, obviously metalcore is always like like tied to hardcore. And like back in the day, I loved bands like It Dies uh, Today. Um, there's a band from Lake Elsinore called The Final Burden. I, I thought they were so sick. Um, and when I heard you guys, I was like, oh, this is actually uh, really cool because um, I, I feel like that style that you guys play like um, right now isn't the most popular thing. But I think it's amazing that um, you guys are uh like putting out like this great sound um at this time so I, i'm just like really into it um and i just want to know uh how did you start palace of morning um so when i was in uh the band abused with uh it was like it was the drummer of palace of morning uh, he was in it and then there was another guy who did bass and uh you know did vocals um we had released two songs and we were like kind of figuring out where we wanted to go. Um, 
the vocalist wanted Matt, his name's Matt. He, he wanted to go in this more like atmospheric direction. And I kind of wanted to go what, to what became the first, the palace of warning EP, um, which was more like taking it back to, uh, count your blessings era, like bring me the horizon and like, like, uh, like early Norma Jean, stuff like that. Just like, just really like dissonant and really just, just off the wall. Um, but he didn't really want it. And every time I'd show him something, he was like, yeah, no. And like, I get that. Cause I'm kind of the same way now. But, um, so, so basically I took, you know, the ideas that I wanted and I made them into a band. Like I wrote all the songs. I had them pre pro like on my iPhone, I think. And I, I, I basically recruited people just to fill in at first. So I had a drummer, his name's Jose. And then, um, I like would just get different people to fill in on bass and, and guitar one and guitar two until I finally was able to secure someone who I really looked up to, um, who's been in like the local scene in San Diego for a long time. And his name's Luis. He, he used to be in like a lot of, uh, he was in this band called Jeremiah Johnson. I don't know. They're like a San Diego local band that like had a pretty big following down here. And it was just like a golden era, I guess, for San Diego. So I always like, and like I, I started hanging out with him and like we became homies. So like I eventually was able to get him in the band and then like I just found people from there. And now we're, we're a band doing stuff, which is really cool. That's awesome. So, uh, when you recorded, uh, <laughs> Uh, in 2017, you guys put out that, uh, would that be an EP or a demo? This? Uh, it's like a, I don't know. It's like, it's whatever you want it to be, man. Okay. It's like some song. All right. I just, um, I, I always ask for a clarification cause I don't want people to like mislabel, um, the, the music, you know? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I would say it's like an EP. It's just like a little, little snippet, little EP. Okay. So, so I feel like I'm kind of late to the game on um, Palace of Morning, so um, I wasn't really sure how your uh, 2018 was. Did you guys um, play a lot of shows, or um, how did it go for you guys? We we played a lot of good shows. I, I think that we kind of became we became more open to playing more shows uh, with bands that we might not usually play with. Like we played Soma with No Zodiac, which is like not something that I would have imagined us doing. But I feel like in San Diego, there isn't a whole lot of bands that sound like us or that would really that would that we would fit with. So I think we I think we benefited a lot from from reaching out and playing shows that maybe, you know, people wouldn't listen to us. Um, It was it was a lot of that. It was a lot of finding new people like and people i've never met telling me like oh yo like i listen to your band and it's fucking sick and it's, it's just a lot of crazy shit um played with c space cowboy which is really cool like jesse used to be in a lot of like local bands that i i personally thought were really sick like he's in this band called recluse that like fucking slapped they're so good um c space speed space cowboy uh Old Wounds, was that 2018? I think that was 2017. I don't remember. Um, yeah, we played a lot of cool shows. I, I was very happy with 2018. Very happy. 
So going forward, um, obviously, um, like, I'm not super well versed in like the current metalcore that's going on. Um, are there a lot of bands um, out there uh, that share a similar sound to you guys? Yeah, I think I think uh, we've been compared a lot to like uh, Vatican. Um, I think that's the name I hear the most. And like I, I recently started listening to them, and like I see it, and I, I think they're really sick. But they're kind of going in this. Like I think they just played with Attila, which is so, which is like really, really sick. Like the crossover on that is insane. Um, there's that band Serration that that just came out with that split with Dying Wish, and honestly, like the production on that is incredible. And like I've been really hooked on on that split because it it just I feel like it's it's like ah, it's just so it's dirty, dude. It's just heavy, and it's like it's it it's accessible enough for someone who doesn't listen to hardcore to be like, okay, this is heavy and sick. Like I like breakdowns, you know, but enough for it to be accepted and to play shows with like, I think they just played at that DPK fest with, uh, integrity, which is really sick. Right. I think dying wish just played that. I can't recall, but either way, both, both bands on that split were really crazy. Um, there's that band, uh, servitude, which um, they just released that one bringing you bringing your hell. I remember there's a lot of like PlayStation memes going around about that EP. I don't know if you've seen those. Like it looks like um, oh, what's that game? Oh, it's it's some like old PS one game, and they just like it looks really similar. So it's funny just seeing that. Um, but yeah, those are some of my personal favorites, and some I think that are really doing it like justice right now in 2019. So going forward um would you prefer to play um like uh, like a mixed show with like hardcore bands or would you prefer to try to keep it metalcore and try to um blow up like that scene um i i feel like we're kind of i feel like i'm trying to decide that right now um because it could go either way i just know that everything sounds a lot better in uh just on a bigger scale so like playing soma it's like a you know it's such a great venue and as a sound guy whenever we play like we have someone who comes and like will volunteer um to do our sound and like he he kills it he makes us sound great and i feel like there have been shows that we've played with like smaller bands like like i remember uh there was this fucking show with uh purgatory that the venue got changed and we had to go to this like other venue that that really like was not great and it just it just didn't sound good and so i think with hardcore it kind of comes that the venues are going to be more like diy and not not the the equipment isn't going to be all that great so i think that's kind of what it boils down to for me because i think there's like a lot of different people that like my band and i feel like it could go you know either way at this point but i don't know i guess uh future releases will will dictate that I think uh, you should just do both. Play, yeah, play, like play for everybody. Ideally, yeah, ideally, like I would love to just be about everything. I actually, you know what? I'm gonna do that. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no reason for me to pick or choose. You know. Um, w- want to ask you? Um, it's probably like a couple of months ago. Oh man, the timeline's so weird. Uh, you guys played at um, Rift Mountain yeah i'm trying to remember it was like 
I'm pretty sure it was Palace of Morning, um, Slow Decay played, and I know Dare played as well. That was, yeah, it was like a few months ago. Yeah, I think it was like last month, maybe. Yeah, this two months ago in January. Okay, because like, yeah, yeah, like thinking back, I, I feel like that was like one of the, the last shows there before it got shut down. I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, since we're talking about like you know, uh, you, like you're not really in favor of playing like the DIY venues because of the sound um, that your band needs. Um, was it a good experience there? Honestly, it 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 kind of is on the cusp of like. Cause like the, the inside, it, it makes everything sound really good. Like the amps and guitars sound good. But if you don't know how to, how to like mix just on your own, like just with amps and not like have a mixing board or anything, it, it gets a little, a little hairy because, you know, sometimes the drums are too low, like, or the guitar is like too crazy loud or too quiet. So last time we played there, I think the guitars were too loud. And like I noticed that, and I I don't think I said anything. I don't know why I didn't. But um, the all the other times though, playing with like Slow Decay because we played there once or twice before have always been really really good. Like I just think that Palace has like a mic'd drum kit kind of kind of sound. I think that's what it boils down to. And then Slow Decay like is more metallicy and like nastier and. I feel like it translates better in a in a DIY space. So uh, different things for different different bands, I would say. But I, I personally really loved it. I loved that space too. I thought it was awesome. I, like when people, um, I actually found out it, it shut down because um, I think it was yeah, it was like last month. I had um, Emily from Lovesick on, and we were talking about. Um, her show that, that was supposed to happen there and I remember leading up to it I was um, talking to her telling her that I was excited to finally be able to see her band and then she told me the show got cancelled because the place got shut down and I was like super bummed out yeah 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 dude it, I remember uh, Vince in our we were in all in like in a group chat and he I remember him sending before like the formal announcement was made he was like yeah I, they're trying to like someone snitched and like now the cops are here and like they're uh they're investigating and like you need permits and shit and like so it was it was very sad leading up because we were like hoping that something would would happen something in our favor but like it just ended up you know going the way it did which is yeah. like, another was, another another one bites the dust i guess yeah so uh whoever snitched um i hope you're having a bad day yeah your mom's a hoe whoever snitched <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um so on uh sunday um you have a show uh slow decay and palace of morning uh do you um enjoy playing uh you know with both bands on the same bill um it definitely is an experience uh especially my kind of style i i gravitate towards it's like very I definitely stopped giving a shit about like my body and about other 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 things of that nature and like it, it definitely gets very 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 difficult. Um, but I've done it like as long as I stretch and as long as I'm like I you know I eat I have my little my little snacks and my little water like I'll I'll be okay. It, it is fun though because you know all the people are in one place and it's just like 
a chance for us all to gamble and shit. Like it's just it's just fun. So you say you don't care about your body? Um, are, are you talking about like your your physical health? Yeah, yeah, it kind of gets that way. Like, um, I feel like it was more so when I was playing guitar in abuse. Like, I, I would literally just like, I would just throw my shit everywhere. Like, I would, I would just like, I would hurt my back. Like, I'd throw out my back almost every show, and like, just because like I. I this is the way I felt, you know, and I wasn't going to be dishonest and like not throw out my back, you know, and be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? You got to be true. That's scary. Throwing out your yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it, it was never too bad. Like it, it was like just minor. Like I, I probably couldn't bend over and like to get anything. <laughs> like I would just like limp around like an old man, but I'm definitely starting to feel it now. So I, I feel like I've chilled out a little bit. But it, it, I still try to keep it as un, unhinged and uncaged as possible. That's how I feel about um, moshing. Like, I, I never like plan to do it. Um, normally, it's just uh, you know I'm feeling like feeling the music. But I feel like every time I yeah. do it, um, something bad happens. Like, <laughs> thing like the last time I moshed, like. Um, like my cell phone flew out of my pocket and some guy like tried um, stealing it. Um, Yo, what? Yeah. Like it, it like um, flew out of my pocket and I, you know, normally like the, the proper thing to do is like, you know, kind of put it in the air to see if like somebody will claim it. Yeah. I, I feel like I've never been, I've never seen someone like steal a phone at a show. I feel like people are, I feel like people are generally like, okay about that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, so um, luckily one of my buddies, um, shout out to Nathan, I was like, hey, can you call my phone? Because like I like, threw a spin kick and it went flying somewhere. So like maybe either somebody's stepping on it and they don't know or somebody's like holding on to it. Um, so he, he called it and um, this is back when I had an iPhone. So like I, I had that setting whenever like I would get a text or a phone call, like the flash would go off like super crazy. Yeah. Um, so he, he calls it and like, it's in between like songs, um, you know, while the band was playing and like we're in program and like, it's not that big of a place. So, yeah. um, this guy who's on like the other side of the store, um, uh, like my, my buddy calls it and I see it in his hands and like the flash starts going off and then like he gets all nervous and like looks around and, and then that's when he decides to put the phone up and I'm like. I'm like okay, I, I was like that guy's a bastard because he was probably trying to um, unlock. Oh yeah, fully. Yeah, fully. So, um, so luckily Nathan called and had that weird setting on the phone and uh, probably scared him into giving it back. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that happened. It was annoying. Yeah, that guy should have just gotten faded up on principle, dog. Like, <laughs> like he didn't know. Like, come on. Or like between songs, you could have been like, "Yo, I found a phone," or like you could have said some shit, dog. Like. Yeah. Come on. That's that's fucked up. Um, yeah, it's pretty whack. And then like uh, when uh, Dare played Refound one time, I was just like two stepping, like literally I was just two stepping, um, and then somehow I hurt my shoulder for like a week. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I feel like I, I'm like really old, and I, I need to like chill out, and it's just scary because I'm just like, okay, like what what bad thing is gonna happen now? 
Yeah, I, I feel like I've spent so much time making fun of Sean being old. Like, he, that fool will, like, I think he's, like, 25. And, like, he's not actually old, but, like, he, he is, like, I remember he was wearing a knee brace for a while. And it just, it never got old just making fun of that. And, like, I'm 22, and now my knee hurts. And I'm, like, <laughs> like, this is what I get, dog. Like, this is what I deserve. You're, like, uh, it's <laughs> catching up to you. Oh, yeah. Fully. <laughs> Um, wanted to ask you about um my favorite song off of uh Burned in Effigy, which I think is like a really cool name. Um, uh, can you tell me where you came up with that or who came up with that? Um, so I I do like all the the songwriting and like the lyrics and and I have like a hand in like everything and and I think that name like at the time like Burned in Effigy like. I feel like that kind of spoke because it came after I had written all the songs and all the lyrics were done. Like I kind of was just sitting, like sitting on it and thinking and like um, I I had remembered there was a song by Suffocation. Um, let me see. Let me find it. Effigy of the Forgotten. It's the album. It's like one of their first albums. Um, and I was like, yo, like I've always really liked that word and like i finally looked up what it meant and i was like i feel like this really is like what this is about like i feel like this is kind of like in a way like a sacrifice or a purging of of whatever is going on like what i was feeling and like i was just you know like bring it all away essentially so i I don't know. I, I kind of landed on that and it stuck. And I asked everyone, like, how do you feel about it? And everyone's like, you know, it's your band. You can do whatever you want. So that's how it, ha- that's how it happens. Um, find that really interesting. Um, whenever I, I hear the word effigy, um, it reminds me of this uh, video game that I played on uh, the PlayStation called uh, Dark Souls. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty hard game, but um, they have like this like consumable item called a human effigy. Um, so whenever I hear that word, I'm, I always think it sounds cool, and but it always reminds me of playing that game. Yeah, that's it. Like it's just ah, it's just sick. Like I don't know. I really I really like the the album title too. Like I remember thinking like, damn. Like I can't. That's how I felt when I came up with the name Palace of Warning. I was like, yo, like that's hard <laughs> i was like yo that is sick like i'm impressed with myself especially in this day and age when you know there's so many bands um that have come and gone and like so many names have been taken so to be able to find something um you know that's cool that hasn't been used before i, I think it's pretty awesome yeah it's it's a play on a demio borgir song um morning palace and i don't know i just was like low-key I just be thinking sometimes, you know, and I just fuck around and I came up with a cool band name. Like, is I don't know, it's cool. It's awesome. I'm I'm definitely into it. Um, but going back to um my original question, um, I was gonna ask you about uh the song uh time and turmoil. I I just wanted to know um or I want to ask you if you could go like a little um deep and uh, talk about the the meaning behind that song. So that song, I think, was the last one that we had completed. Um, it was one that everyone kind of had a hand in at that point. I remember sitting down and like 
they had structured a little bit before, while I was like away, and I, you know, I loved it when I heard it. So writing it, um, it was really about uh, just. I don't know. It's 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 kind of like complicated. Um, so basically, the song is about just my struggle with uh, finding finding like things in my life to sort of keep me from kind of ending it. I would say and like going like over time I feel like things have just gotten worse and worse and and struggling with with you know what I struggle with is like it consumes you and like it truly makes you feel like you're in a state of like turmoil even though you know a rational person might think like oh there's not really a lot going on you know there's you know you got this this and this but sometimes when you get stuck and you get stuck and you just you just lose your shit. And I think that song is about just diving headfirst into losing your shit. Like I, um, I, I'm on this medication. And so when I take it, I'm not supposed to be drinking alcohol, but I figured, you know, why not? So I've been drinking a lot. And I think that that has shown me like, I, I wrote that song, I think when I was like a little drunk and I, it just me. It means a lot to me because it, it sort of helped me purge those feelings of like putting it into perspective. Like I'm not this, you know, I'm not doomed forever, and like time will heal all. And so I, I feel like that's kind of I kind of have, have, have adopted that as a saying now. It's just like you know, well, it's just like time and turmoil. Like I just say it to myself. Like you know, with time comes comes issues and with time comes healing. So uh, that's, that's what that song's about. And it also has like probably the best breakdown I've ever written on it. So that also slaps. Yeah. Things amazing. Um, my favorite song off of burning, burned in effigy. So, um, thank you for, uh, you know, sharing that. Um, so makes me, um, understand it a little more when I listen to it and, um, makes me appreciate it more. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, every song on there is like, is similar in, in structure and in concept. And I think they all deal with similar stuff like that. And I, th I think like a lot of people talk about that and they say like, yeah, like I'm writing a song about it and I, it's so common now and I, I like it and I, it just makes me open my eyes. Like there's a lot of people that struggle with this shit, you know? And it, I guess it's just, I think it's just really cool that people are like talking about it more and more. And do you have like a good support system? Do you have people that you're able to talk to? Oh, dude, I, I'm so, I'm so lucky for the people that I have. Like I am in a group chat with like 24 other individuals that would, that would do anything for me, dude. Like whenever, like sometimes I'll take some time to myself, like, and I'll leave and they'll all hit me up like hey man if you need anything like you know i love you and like i got you like just don't you know just i hope you're okay like just let me know if you need anything and it's just a lot of that and i i don't think i would be here you know without them i think a lot has happened and they've helped me so much that like 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm very thankful and I'm very like lucky to have people like that around me. That's great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I've, uh, you know, never, uh, struggled with like any, um, mental health issues. So like, you know, I'm always, uh, trying to understand, um, uh, people's perspective that are going through it. And, you know, I have friends that uh, deal with it. I've dated girls who dealt with it and, um, I've always, uh, you know, just, um, try to be there for them, uh, you know, whenever they needed it or whenever, um, I just, you know, thought that they needed it. Just always, I'm always willing to talk and just try to be helpful as much as I can. And I'm trying to like, uh, um, understand like, you know, their perspective better. Yeah, and that's really like that's really cool of you, dude. Because I feel like a lot of people get sort of like, um, especially if it's something that's reoccurring. Like I definitely have felt this, where it's like, oh, it's just it's this again. Like, come on, like, um, like I mean, we've talked about this. I've told you how I could help, and I don't know what else I can tell you. And like that sort of frustration is really hard to overcome. And like if you're able to listen and just you know, understand like the best you can, like, you don't exactly have to have to like be like, Oh, I, I get it. Like I, you know, I understand it. Like, yeah, you don't really have to, as long as you're giving it your best and you're just, you're being open. You know, I think that's what a lot of people need. And it's, I don't know. It's really cool. You do that. You're like there for people, you know, for sure. And I'm going to be honest. Um, uh, God. Okay. So I, I dated this girl. Um, we like lived together or whatever. And um, she was going through things. And like I never um, took like what she would say uh, like uh, about like um, her depression serious. Like I, I used to make fun of her and I, I just didn't believe it. Um, but through um, uh, you know, us breaking up or whatever. And I would like listen to, um, podcasts to try to, I not, um, necessarily like learn on purpose, like about mental health, but just like through the podcast that I've listened to, um, you know, uh, these past couple of years, um, those issues have come up and I've been able to open my mind and realize that, um, it is a serious issue and people do need to, um, take it serious and not just brush it off, you know? Yeah, I feel like everyone kind of makes like like there's a there's like a person you know or you have known, you know, when you were younger that you're like, you know, like like get over it or you know, like like just not being maybe as understanding as you could have. And like that's perfectly fine, you know. It, it's as long as you realize it and you you sort of say like, okay, like at least I'm not going to do that again, at least to that extent. Like, I'm not going to just blatantly disregard, you know. I think that that's all that really matters is that you make mistakes and you learn. So, I mean, like, that's it's, my statement still stands, bro. Like, you cool. You cool. Thank you. Definitely appreciate that. Um, so, I've uh, always been fascinated by um, San Diego and over, um, you know, me getting into hardcore t- um, till now there's, um, you know, some of my favorite bands have come from San Diego. So I, I just wanted to ask you about a couple of bands to see if you've ever heard of them or, um, if you know sure. anything about them. Um, there's this place called, uh, uh, Fallbrook. Have you ever heard of it? Fall like in San Diego? Uh, 
Or it's a, it's up in it's up north, right? You're talking about a like a town. Uh, yeah, it's like San Diego um, County, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know where Fort is. Okay, so there's this um like this met like it's like they're kind of like um I guess they're considered like metalcore. They're called, this band called uh, Life or Death. I the name sounds familiar, but I have not listened to them. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'll have to send you some links so you can check them out. Yeah, do that, please. Uh, uh, and okay, so there's this other. Uh, there's like two other bands. They're um, more on like the pop punk scene. I don't know if you're familiar with that kind of music. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Shoot, shoot okay. your shot. Okay, so there's. I'll I'll go with the newer one first. So there's this band called uh, For the Win. <sighs> yes. I dude, I dude. Um, I had met the guitarist Lee like a few years ago, and I was like, yo, like. I fuck I dude I okay so what I I was dating this girl that lived in Ohio for a while and I was like yo you should check out this band from here called For the Win and like I got her and her friends like listening to them and like over like over across the United States like dude I love that band honestly so like I'm stoked that you know about them are they still together are they doing stuff do you know I don't know I don't think so I think I checked their Twitter like late last year and like nothing had been posted in a few months so i i don't know like there's no telling i think lee is still in school so like it's not i don't think it's number one priority and i know like a few of them do other things so uh, i i don't know there's no telling i remember i was um i think it was like maybe almost two years ago they played a show at chain and um i remember i i went because i was like i've never seen them i think they're super sick so um i went and i thought they killed it like it was like right after the, um they got signed and yeah um they showed up and you know put on like a really solid performance and i was like this band's so sick um but like none none of my friends that I hang out with like are really into that kind of music so i like, went by myself but it was still fun <laughs> yeah you, yeah i feel that dog you just can't like it's under the radar bro like low-key I still be listening to like Pierce the Veil and shit, but you know, we don't got to talk about that. <laughs> okay. And, um, there's another band, um, this band called fight fair fight fair. I was just watching, um, the, the punk punk rock NBA, I think is his, his YouTube channel. Um, he did like bands that should have been bigger and fight fair was on there. I personally had never listened to them, but after like watching that video, I was like, because they, they, I guess they had a lot of ties to like, like, like hardcore and like screamo, which was, which is always really cool. So I definitely was planning on checking them out. So it's really cool that you mentioned that because I just watched that video today. Um, but no, I have not listened to them yet. I just learned about them. So I think I'm going to. For sure. I think they're um, like, obviously, like that kind of music. Um, I, I just. I don't know why. Like I've always liked it. Can never really get away from it. But I, I think they're one of the bands that actually did it right. And I, I just wish that they would have gotten bigger. But I literally don't know what happened to them because they never had like an official like final show. I don't even know if they ever announced that they were breaking up. I think they just like the last thing I remember is they put out like a like a EP. Um, and it was like more like punk. It was like a little faster than their normal style. And then yeah. that was it. They just stopped playing. Yeah, that's what he that's what he was saying. And I I think he said that what happened was like they kind of took the 
the satire of the band in a in a little like it wasn't like tasteful anymore like it was kind of over the top and i feel like that that probably turned a lot of people off so i don't know yeah well all right i guess we'll have to wait and see if um you know maybe in the future they'll get back together and play a show yeah, I'm waiting for a For the Wind show here again. Like, I'm trying to see them for real. Dude, same here. They're so sick. I forgot about them. You just bring them up like all crazy, dog. <laughs> um, okay, so outside of uh, the Che Cafe and Soma, are there any other cool venues in San Diego? Um, Right now, I think there's one in Chula Vista that hasn't had a show yet. I was trying to book a show there. Um, but a lot of the details fell through and it was like a same day as the, the regulate show up in LA. So I couldn't even throw it if I wanted to, but, um, there is a spot that I'm trying to book a, book a show or two at down in Chula Vista. Um, it doesn't have a name, but it's like a warehouse. Um, there's, I think that's it in terms of all ages venues. Um, there's Space Bar, which I'm playing next week on Thursday. It's a free show, which will be pretty sick. But it's 21 and up, so like that's always kind of a bummer. But yeah, I think it's just Soma ran them all out of business, dude. Like they just they just keep uh, stealing all the the little teeny boppers and the kids who got now they have like a lot of rap shows, so like they're making their money that way. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, have you ever been to Lestat's? I have, I have. It's an, it's an interesting place. There's a lot of interesting characters that go there. Like I've been there like at like 3am and there's just like tweakers like hanging out everywhere. Like I've been there during the day to just grab a coffee. Like it's a, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. I, I went to the one in uh, Hillcrest. Yeah. I, I work, uh, down near that one. Oh really? Okay. Um, I don't think I I've asked you, but um, like, what part of San Diego um do you live in? I live in Claremont, which is kind of like in the center. I would say it's kind of like almost dead center of San Diego. It's like near uh, Mission Bay. Um, so I live in a pretty like little little comfortable like suburban area. It's it's nice. I like it. Okay, and um, in your opinion, um. Where is the best uh, California burrito from in San Diego? All right. All right. I knew you were going to ask this question. I knew you were. And I think my personal favorite is from Lolita's. Lolita's California burritos are like unstoppable, even though they're like 10 or $11 because you have to add because I get them with guacamole, bro. You, like, you can't have a California burrito without that shit. So I pay the extra and it always 100% is like worth it worth every every ounce of suffering prior to that has has been justified because i ate that burrito like high key i and their hot sauce going with it like it just it's my personal favorite in san diego lolita's all right i've actually been to lolita's um if i'm not mistaken it's a chain right yeah i think there's two there's two i think in san diego there might be three i don't know i don't really know yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure which location I went to, but I remember. Um, I forget. It was like 
late at night, me and my buddy went, uh, shout out to Garrett. And it was like really cold because like I just had left my jacket um, at his parents and we went to that burrito spot and I wasn't in a good mood because I was like, you know, freezing, but I got the California burrito from there and it definitely hit the spot. Yeah. Like the, what's your, what's your favorite one from down here from San Diego? Yeah. I mean, have you, have you been here enough? Like how often do you come down here? Um, well, okay. So back in the day, I, I used to date this girl that lived in Chula Vista. So I, I used to be down there all the time, but, um, more recently, um, I've probably been there like probably twice in like the past, like six months. Okay. Um, but yeah, Garrett took me to the spot and I always butcher the name, uh, cause I, I always forget, but it's, it's called like L U Teca or something. Um, yeah. Chula Vista? No, I, I don't think it's in Chula Vista. I, I'm honestly not sure which part, um, it's in, but I remember he took me there and it was actually really good. I'll have to check that out. I've been, uh, I, I do have a taco shop that I main. I have. I live, I'm blessed and I live by like four. So I just, I go to one though and it's called Cotijan and it's, uh, never fails, always hits. All right. So I'm going to have to get the, the location from you so I can try to hit it up next time I'm there. Yo, if you do, I'll give it to you. You got to get a lunch burrito dog. I swear to God, like it just, it is on another level of like. Of sick, like I just, I think I remember eating that like three times in one week and just being cool with it. Like it's so good. What comes in it? It's like uh, potatoes, cheese, beans, bacon, um, and eggs. So it's kind of like a breakfast burrito, but they call it a lunch burrito. I'm not sure why. Okay. Um, but their sauce is really good. So that, and you go. There's a liquor store right next door. You go get like a peach Arizona. Like you're set, dog. Okay, so last time we were there, um, went to this spot. It was like a pasta place. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called uh, Divine Possibilities. That's it. Doesn't sound like some place that I would go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Okay, it's an interesting name, um, right. and I, I definitely get that. But um, it's a legit spot. Like they get like the, these like rolls, like it's like these like sub rolls, and they like hollow them out and they stuff like pasta in them. And it's like seriously like one of the coolest things I've ever eaten. Like it's all like I think they said they made all like the sauces and everything in house, and everything tasted like super fresh. I'll have to check it out then because, like, I, I would never go there. Like, the name is just like, come on, bro. But, yeah, like, if, sounds- if you're telling me that they stuff, they put some shit and some other shit, like, I'm down. Yeah. Like, like stuffed crust pizza, dog. Come on. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like a little, like, hippie or whatever, but it, it's legit. If, if you like pasta and bread, it's it's legit. Yo, that's my two main food groups. I'm about to go fuck it up. All right, I'll have to send you the location for that place as well. Please, please. Okay, all right. Well, we've done about an hour and a half. I feel like this is a pretty good place to call it. Um, before we go, um, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, I want to shout out all my mans, all my boys. Uh, I want to shout out my bandmates. Um just everyone who has like helped me in the last like year to like year and a half. Like I just, I don't know. I'm just very, very grateful for everything that has happened to me. And I I feel like there's only, there's only one way to go and that's up. So I'm very excited. And I, I just, 
I'm very grateful for everyone who's like here right now. So I appreciate you letting me on, man. Like I, I, I was really, really excited and like, I don't know. I had a lot of fun, dude. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, honestly, I'm trying to remember back to when I was trying to have you on the first time. Uh, this is me like peeling back the curtain a little bit. Um, and I I think it was it my fault that it didn't happen. Yeah, dog, you fell asleep. I was like, I was like already, I was like, all right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, this, and this, like I'm chilling. Like I got my, my beer, I got my chips, like I'm chilling. And you fell asleep, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. It happens. All right. Okay. okay. All right. And um, so I, yeah, I remember feeling really bad because I was like stoked. I'm like, hell yeah, we're gonna have this guy on from this awesome band. And then I remember I like passed out, and like when I woke up, and like things just weren't like available because like you were um in Texas, I think at the time, right? Yeah. 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 So I was just like, fuck, like, I, I think I, I, I messed that one up. And I think honestly, like at that point, that was the first time that I had ever flaked on a guest. So like, yeah. I felt like really bad. <laughs> it's all good, dude. I was just like, it was just hard to find another time. Cause like, I feel like we're both really busy individuals. Yeah. So I'm uh, happy that we're able to do this. So thank you for, um, you know, being patient and willing to come or actually come on. Of course, man. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Make sure to check out Slow Decay, Palace of Morning, um, San Diego. They're always doing things um, down there. Super awesome. This has been another episode of the Jamie Mary Kay podcast. Always on top.
一份。